Welcome to the Living Justice Podcast, an initiative of Common Ground Church and Common Good, where we explore our lifestyle response to topics of injustice. Our hope is that a growing number of Christ followers begin to individually and collectively live out justice, creating a groundswell of positive change in our society. Hi there, listeners. Thanks for joining us. My name is Melanie Mochatla, and I'm part of the Congregational Support Team at Common Good. Today's episode was recorded remotely as we continue to face a third wave of COVID-19. So you'll hear that the recording quality isn't the greatest, but we trust that the content will still be helpful as you live out justice. Today we're hosting a panel discussion with three guests that will inspire and challenge you to think about giving in a live, generous way. We decided to form a resource around giving because we know our city is in real need at this time and the unemployment rate is higher than it's been in a long time. If you walk or drive downtown these days, you'll see temporary shelters all over the place. The homeless population is in dire straits and the issue of hunger is rampant. So I've asked these friends of mine to tell us some stories and guide us in how they feel convicted to give these days. So hello, guests. Welcome to our Living Social Justice podcast. Hello. Thank you. Um, Let's start by introducing everyone. And can you just tell us your name, where you're from, and maybe what you do, um, uh, why you're passionate about this topic of giving? So Colleen, let's start with you. Hey, thank you. So I'm Colleen Saunders, and I work at The Warehouse, which, if you don't know, is a non-profit organization whose role is to help churches become agents of transformation in society. So we, we help churches seek out the peace and justice of God for the world. And part of mm. what we do in that is produce resources which help churches with different aspects of, of justice and transformation. And one of the resources that I was part of was something called When the Doorbell Rings. And in while doing that, we interviewed quite a few church um, receptionists and asked them about the experience of people who come to the door for help. And I think it was largely out of the response from these ladies mostly that I realized what a big how important it was to really address this 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 issue so um yeah so in in general i do have compassion for people in need and hatred of the system that lets be some people be in such need and others be in such opulence but a lot of right. my interest specifically in giving to people who come was out of developing this booklet that's fabulous. That's fabulous. Yes. Um, I have taken some courses that Colleen has facilitated at the warehouse. And um, that's one reason we asked you to be on our podcast is because of your experience there. So thank you so much. We'll get to you in just a second. Um, Phineas, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? All right. Um, hello, everyone. Uh, my name is Phineas Subatani. I'm uh, originally from Limpopo. And I'm a social activist, social justice activist uh, in Cape Town, working with homeless people, uh, drug addicts and gangsters with my wife. And we recently registered an NGO called Riatrisan, which means we help each other. And we are working in partnership with UTAN at the moment to give those 
who are homeless a hand up not handouts um and yeah just just learn to journey with people learn to disciple people until they fully recover um not just by getting a house and a job but actually knowing Christ so yeah That's fabulous. Um, And I got to know you and your wife uh, during lockdown, actually, when we found out about your temporary um, shelter uh, in Musenberg. So, yeah. So thank you for the great work that you're doing. Um, And last but not least, Sharnay, tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, your passion for giving. Okay. So I'm Sharnay Southgate. I am um, a working corporate. Um, but I've also recently been appointed as the Justice Ministry Team Leader for um, Common Ground Constantia. Um, so prior to, to Constantia, I'm also part of a group of women. Um, we just call, our, we call ourselves Divine Connection. We're just a group of women who love Jesus. And um, we would just, um, as part of our our social um, responsibility, and I mean, we're not an NPO or anything, we, we often um, have outreach days and, you know, one of the communities that we've adopted um, is Philippi. And then we've had a few other outreaches where we just basically, we get together as a group of women where we rally um, funds amongst our sons, but also friends. And we use that to then help in the community. So Philippi as well as, you know, wherever we can actually on the street in Woodstock. So it's, it's funds to provide food, but then also um, clothing. And it's just basically a group of women, friends, friends who, yeah, just decided to to just live um, and be the hands and feet of Jesus. Fabulous. Thank you, Shanae. And I invited Shanae to this podcast because we had this amazing conversation just about what we're learning in giving and um, her perspective. I can't wait for you to share your story, but her perspective on giving is so unique and ministered to me. So Thanks, Renee. Um, I wonder if I could start with Colleen. Um, Colleen, can you just tell me a little bit uh, possibly about your suggestions on what to do when the doorbell rings or when you're walking down the street um, and you encounter somebody who needs help? Um, Maybe they specifically ask you for help or maybe you discern um, that there's a need there. Um, Yeah, what, what goes through your mind and what are kind of your giving guidelines? Mm, I think the first the first thing that you have to do is go with a heart that is open. And mm. you've got to first realize that there is a need and that there's no getting away from that. And you've got to go with the knowledge that the unemployment rate in our country is almost 50%, or if not already 50%. Mm. And people tend to say of those who beg, why can't they just get a job? And the problem is there are no jobs. There are jobs, but they are just not enough. And there's no way we're going to get away from that. So if you, if you start with that knowledge, then it's, that's the first step. And then the other is to to have compassion and to not see any person who approaches you as an irritant, but to see it as a, to see the person as a human being who good. just like you and who has been made in the image of God, of whom God also said, I made you in the womb. Um, my plans for you were plans wonderful and stuff like that we all came for ourselves and God had the same plans for everyone and these people haven't yet fully achieved those plans that God had for them so so, so it's the attitude which is your first step and then the the 
third or fourth thing, I don't know how many I mentioned, <laughs> is to go with discernment. So always discern. So you see somebody and listen. So if they ask, listen to them first and listen with attention, listen with all your ears and your eyes and your heart. And sometimes you can discern immediately if the need is not genuine or if there's something else behind it. And often God will just give you the next question to ask. So ask another question and probe um, before just responding and acting, if, if there's time, of course. There's, mm-hmm. there's a different stories if you're in a hurry. But, right. but yeah, so it's, it's compassion, it's listening, it's discernment, and, and also honesty. And there's, yeah, there's, there's so much more, but maybe I'll say more later. So I'll start well, with, well, with well, those for now. Yeah, can you expand yeah. just a little bit about honesty? Yeah, um, I think honesty comes in. So we we mustn't. So many many of us as Christians have the problem that we are obliged to give and we're obliged to be compassionate. And if somebody comes and asks for something, we think, "Oh no, I must give because here's a person at the door." And even though you might be rushing up to pick up your kids at school or something. You think, I'm going to be late, but no, I must go inside and, and make a sandwich for them. And you do that. But part of honesty is saying to them, I'm sorry, I can't help you right now. I'm rushing off to pick up my kids. And maybe you can come back later or something like that. Okay. Or um, okay. if you if somebody asks for money, you can say, I'm sorry, I don't, I don't, just, I don't just give money. So you can decide for yourself whether you want to give money or not, it's a, that's a big issue. But if you've decided you don't give money, then tell them. And even tell them why, if you feel so dead. Okay. So, okay. yeah, I think that's what I mean by honesty. Interesting. Okay, great. Um, Phineas, let me ask you a question about your experience um, in giving. Tell us, tell us a little bit about what you suggest when um, a need arises on the street. I think the first thing that I will say is see the person, not the need. Oh, the first, like, like, like for me, for us, what we realized is a lot of people are not really begging for food or whatever. They're begging for, they're looking for connection. Mm. Um, And what we try to do is see beyond what the person is asking for, you know, because what we have seen is that a lot of them are longing for human connection, not really the stuff that we're giving them. You know, and mm-hmm. and and when you connect with a person through being them being a human being and not through money and not through food, if the foundation of it becomes I see you, <laughs> you yeah. it's easy to it's, it's easy to build on that. You know, you don't want to start with something that every time when they see you they see money and they see food. You want them next time when they see you they see a friend. You know, they see they see Phineas. <laughs> You know, so yeah. so so for us is we 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 try by all means to get to know the person first that we're trying to help or that we're trying to give to, because a lot of times we have given people money, but that person was using drugs, or addicted to drugs, so sure. it almost felt like we were giving them bullets to basically shoot themselves, <laughs> um, and 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 that made us pause a little bit and ask ourselves. You know, how can we help in such a way that helps the person, not destroys the person? And it starts with building relationships. It starts with building friendships. It's starting, it starts with getting to know the person, 
than you know taking it from there so so for me and and i say this because i had an encounter with one of the homeless guys on the street and he was asking for money and i gave him the money and then as i moved away from him he said by the way i am john why did he say that you know the most important thing the most important thing for him in that moment was to be seen was to be acknowledged was to be known um and and money becomes a byproduct of that relationship that connection it does not become the primary thing so that's why for us we don't believe so much in handouts but in a handout which is which can only come from relationship which can only um because right now i'm reading a book um titled when helping hurts <laughs> because mm-hmm. some, sometimes yeah, <laughs> because some sometimes we think we're helping but we actually killing the people that we trying to help mm-hmm. Uh, right. and the only way to avoid that is through knowing the person what their name is what their story is where they come from and it's not just a one day thing sometimes you have to visit every now and then uh because sometimes the first the first contact maybe they lie the second one you know maybe they ease up a little bit because there are walls that they have you know so you got to break mm-hmm. those walls but you break those walls through consistent and persistent you know um um up, you know like visitation to them and making them feel like hey so, i see you um i know right. you and now i can help you so yeah that's beautiful phineas thank you um I, but i have a i have a follow up question to that is that takes time um yeah. <laughs> and and like uh colleen was saying you know sometimes you are rushing and when you pass by someone in need it's not usually when you're when you got that 5 minutes when you've got that yeah, 10 minutes yeah yeah um so do you suggest that this is something we intentionally seek out and that we've got um for a for a not for a better word but just appointments to give you know yeah. um if if we know that there's a community living under that bridge do yeah. we put time on our calendar where we do have time um to engage in a relationship or do we rearrange our schedule so there's margin when yeah. we do uh yeah what what's your opinion on that I think for me sometimes people give instantly because of guilt <laughs> okay okay not out, of, pressure, not out of not of rushing or inconvenience exactly okay. you know you just you okay. just basically giving to get rid of the person you're not really giving okay. to actually connect with the person so 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 for me it's like I mean you can give I'm not saying I mean if you led by the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit says okay this is what you need to do please do that but 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 what I'm saying what we learned is that you know don't give out of rush to get rid of the person and don't give out of guilt because when you're giving out of guilt you're giving to yourself not to them you know mm-hmm. and 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 maybe referring people you know like finding out an organization around where they are you know and building relationship with that organization like for example U10 has a voucher system so what do we do yeah. is in our car we, we have vouchers so so when we see a person on the street and we are in a rush you know we give them the voucher which enables them to go and get food get clothes and go to latrice and then receive counseling you know yeah. so 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 having stuff like that you know um something packaged in the i have there's a lady that i know <laughs> when she travels she has sandwiches she packages sandwiches and then she puts them in a car or something you know not even sandwiches some food in a car and then when she passes through a homeless person then she gives that 
yeah. but 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 and she doesn't give money. But what I will say is, you can refer people to organizations yeah. that actually help homeless people if you don't have the time. But do it Got in it. a way that it helps them through maybe a voucher or through a system that actually helps them not just get food but also get counseling as well. Because I understand we all in a rush, we all don't have time, you know. But uh, but if that's a situation where you leave. Try to connect with an organization that is doing that that is reaching out to homeless people, you know, and try to see how you can work with them and refer those people to those places if they need something. Um, so, 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 so I think that's what I will say uh, when it comes to people who are rushing is get vouchers, keep them in your car, give them to those people, refer them to those organizations so that they can get help that you cannot give them in that moment. That's great. Thanks. Thanks for that, Phineas. Um, I, through this podcast and us putting together these resources on giving, I have personally been really challenged um, in my philosophy of giving. And um, I had, I guess, just in the past, just decided in my heart I wasn't going to give money. And I, I honestly don't carry cash on me anymore. We're in a digital system. Um, and so that was, you know, something that I often encountered when I was approached. Um, but in, in talking to you and talking to Colleen a little bit, I, I was reminded that I need to slow down and I need to, um, see people. And so my little testimony story, and then I'm going to go to Sharnay, which this leads into your story, Sharnay, um, is I walk my child to school, uh, his little preschool that's in our neighborhood and Wednesday is our Ben day. And so Wednesdays when we're walking to school, there's a lot of people that don't live in our neighborhood that are going through the bins. And um, we, you know, I've taught my son, you know, we say hello, we ask how they're doing. So, you know, we are seeing them and saying hello, but it, I wasn't asking their name. I, I wasn't going deeper in conversation. And so one day um, I decided I'm going to learn the names of these people that I see every Wednesday. <laughs> and so um, this one guy he greeted us so nicely. And, um, I said, what is your name? And, you know, he told me his name and I, uh, he said, I'm here every Wednesday. And I said, I know I've noticed that. Um, <laughs> and, and so he, I said, what are you doing here? You know, I didn't want to assume. <laughs> yes. And yes. he said, well, I've got two families, two houses that, uh, that, what did he say? Um, pack me a parcel on Wednesdays. So they put like food or clothing on top of their bin every week for this guy. Wow. And so I start, I start talking to him and I said, okay, so if that's your Wednesday, what do you do Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday? <laughs> and he said, um, well, I, I actually go to Meta Ridge on Monday. I go to, so, and he had a neighborhood every day of the week wow. that he knew where to go to get these specific parcels. And, um, it just, it just brought to me that even giving when we feel prompted or even out of guilt could be ha making dependency. You know, this, mm. this, this guy, he knows he's going to get a meal from this certain house. Um, yeah. And I, I have really just tried to think, is that healthy? You know, yeah. is, is that what we should be doing? Um, and what if that person moves one day? What happens to my friend that I that yeah. I now know? You know, is he gonna yeah. have to find another house to to find a meal for the day? So 
Yeah. So I love U-Turn and I love what they're doing where you're going to get more than just that parcel. Um, yeah, I just, I wanted to share that story because I'm really ruminating about uh, dependency and that sort of thing. But I, I felt like I needed to hear his story and, and see him um, for his name. So Trinae, this brings me to the story that I would love for you to share. Um, just about giving at your door and praying about it beforehand. Um, can you just tell us a little bit about your method of giving? Okay, so um, before I would basically, I, I just had the notion that when anyone asked for money or food, um, as long as I had something to give, I needed to give it. And I think just growing up, I think my grandmother, whenever somebody came to the door and they asked, but I mean, she would never give money. We never had money to give, but as long as there was food in the house, she would give that. Um, yeah, so, and, and I mean, also it seems from my belief that everything I have is a blessing from God. And so I should good steward of what he has given me but I mean obviously you learn as you go along that you need to use wisdom but I think the biggest thing for me was not being judgmental because again like if you like what Phineas said about seeing the person and it is about relationship but I mean at first glance if somebody comes to your door and you don't know them and now you're deciding based on your limited knowledge of this person whether you're going to give or not like I didn't I didn't ever want to be in a position where I'm judging or I'm forming my own opinion about the person and based on that opinion, I'll decide whether I'm giving you or not. So it was, sure. I would always just give, but then later on I thought, okay, I'm seeing the same people and I don't want them to have that. I don't want people to have a dependency on me. Um, and also building relationships is really hard. I like what Vanier said again about the book, um, Helping, what was the name of the book, Vanier? When Helping Helps. When helping, helping hurts, hurts yeah. I mean, it's really hard, the, the time factor, giving people time. But so one day I just decided that I was going to pray and ask God to send only those people who were genuinely in need and that needed <laughs> help. And, and so, and then saying that prayer, I needed to trust that that is what God was going to do because I'm taking it to you, Lord. You send the <laughs> folks. Um, coming back to what Colleen Saunders also said, there are so many people in need um, because of our uh, employment um, levels in this country. Um, and so, yeah. again, taking all of that in, but there's so much to consider. But I think just that prayer, and I mean, just on the street when I was driving and I would have the same people come to the to my car, just those people didn't come. So I believe that God was answering my prayer and only sending those that really needed help. But I mean, this is not the relationship giving. It was more about there's somebody that's approaching me and with definitely relationship and um, I, I spoke to Melanie about the vouchers and I, I think it would be great if there were more places like that because I said for me in the area that I'm living it's hard to give somebody a voucher when it means that they would have to travel to yeah. you know so I think that is a big challenge but it's something that I definitely would want to do yeah. and invest in because you know you want them to have that relationship where I can't maybe give that to them um, yeah. so yeah I just think that's, that's brilliant yeah, great. Um, and Shanae and I, we also chatted about um, giving in relationship to Philippi. You've, you've mentioned that you're part of a group that has relationship there. Um, can you tell us a little bit about how you discern needs there? It's through through connection. Yeah, so so we, we just, I think the first time that we went there, we did a shoe drive. 
Um, okay. One, one of the ladies, um, one of our friends said, you know, there's a, a community in Philippi, we should go out there. And, and then based on our first um, outreach or project that we had there, we met this lady called Erika. And she was like the mother of the community, holding it all together. Uh, and if you needed to, needed a, a, like somebody just to coordinate or, you know, we would speak to Erika. And um, yeah. so with Erika, like having conversations with her, many of the times when we asked her what were the needs in the community, she would never say we need food or we need, those were definite needs, but they always, she always said that they, you know, they needed employment more than anything they wanted to work so that yeah. they could earn an income to provide for their needs and not, they didn't just want handouts. Um, and so also for me was a, a big one. I mean, they never ever would approach us for finances, but they wanted help. Um, and for their kids as well, those who were in high school, they would ask for prayer. Um, and yeah, I think the yeah. biggest thing for them was wanting their kids to excel in school. And often, more often than not, that didn't happen. We actually had Erika's daughter who was in school. We, we spoke we spoke to her and she still dropped out. Um, and I mean, for various reasons. So, yeah, that's just the no, really tough stuff in the communities. They need um, much more than just hand food and, yeah. and money. And Colleen, um, from taking your community development course, um, I definitely have learned that you can't assume the need. Um, you know, someone must tell you what they need. And that goes a lot farther. Yes. Um, yeah. There's there's one place in the Bible where where Jesus is approached by this blind man, and he says, um, "Son of David, help me or bless me or something." And the man's blind and he's begging, and Jesus says to him, "What can I do for you?" And then the man yeah. says, "Will you please heal me?" And that for me that's so important because it gives the man the chance for himself to say what his need is. And so yeah. often we assume the need. And then just an example of where that happened with me was there's this young guy who started coming to our place and, and begging and just asking for bread. And he was he was quite young. And I asked him, wasn't he still at school? He said, no. And then I asked him why, what happened? He said his twin brother had been killed when he was in grade nine. And his mother had gone, um, she had had a nervous breakdown as a result and was committed to a psychiatric institution. And he and his sister were alone at home, so they just stopped going to school. And um, then I referred him. I said to him, and it just kept on coming. And I said, you could be doing something. There's, there's so much you could learn and do still. And he was determined he's not going back to school. So then I referred him to CAFTA and New World Foundation, which are local organizations. Yeah. They do all kinds of training and things. And he he first never went there. And then I started saying to him, I'm not going to give you any food until you come back with a paper to prove that you've been. And eventually yeah. he came with a paper which listed all this stuff they did. And so then I started giving him again. But he never attended. And then one day um, at the warehouse, we did a course called Faith and Life, which is a practical study of how our, how our faith can um, affect the way we live. And there's little exercises to do. And one of them was to interview various people from different social statuses. 
and ask them, if I were to pray for you, what would you want me to pray for? So mm. I asked this guy, um, if I were to pray for you, what would you want me to pray for? And he thought for a moment, and then he said, a roof over my head every night and something to eat every day. Mm. And that made me realize that I was assuming that he wanted to be trained and skilled and live an independent life and so on. But all he wanted was a roof over his head each night and something to eat each day. And that's just such a simple need. Mm -hmm. And I also realized to what extent I was taking upon myself. Um, so I was the one with power and I was using my power according to my own interpretation of his situation. And not, but he had a totally different idea. And so, um, yeah, so that was just one, one example of how we assume what a person needs when what they see yeah. they need might be totally different. Yeah. That's good. That's good. That's good. Um, um, Phineas, I know you Phineas, also know have organized also people to use their skills um, to serve the homeless population. So I've seen you post about um, haircuts and things like that. Yeah. How do you suggest we use our skills um, and bless those in need? Um, I think the first thing we need to do is find out what they're good at and what they want to learn and what they want to do. Because mm -hmm. I've seen a lot of times that we impose skills and ideas on people who are on the street because we think they are stupid <laughs> mm -hmm. or useless or they don't have any previous knowledge or skills. Most of the guys on the street, they do have a certain skill. Mm -hmm. um, it just needs to be refined. So mm -hmm. what we have done is we put the ladies uh, and ask them, what do you guys want to do? You know, what do you want to do for fun? First of all, what do you want to mm -hmm. do for fun? <laughs> and, 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 and what skill would you like to learn? And then they started throwing some ideas. And then from then we started, you know, speaking with a couple of people who have those skills and then they brought in those skills. Um, so for me, I think, like I said before, the most important thing is really I like what I'm going to call her auntie. I know she's not going to like me, but I'm going to call her auntie. You know, um, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, for, for me, it, it is very important not to assume what people know and what they don't know. You know, mm -hmm. you need to have a conversation. You need to get to know them because from that place, you really know how to really get them from one place to the next one. So, so get to know what they want to learn, what they good at and then you know find some good samaritans in our communities who can come in and impart not just the skill but who they are you know um, um and i think uh, that's yeah sorry Phineas. i think that's important and, and what i was um getting at is i feel like a lot of us have skills that we could give to ngos or um those that are working with those in need full time and so yeah. even if it's something that we don't want to give out money or you don't want to cause dependence by giving yeah. um yeah. you know to build relationships with organizations or even churches that are that are yeah. doing programs um yeah, uh, yeah. i mean what we, what we have learned is that you don't need you don't need money what you need is partnership what you need is people <laughs> so a lot of times yeah. we wait to have the money and then we start the project no there are some amazing people out there who are willing to give their time they don't have the money but they will give their time 
you know and, yeah, and what good. we reali- what we realized is that homelessness is not something that one ngo can deal with or one person mm. can deal with or the church can deal with or politicians can deal with you know it needs everybody from all walks of life to get involved and mm. and by the grace of god we had some connections and we knew people and those people came on board and they didn't charge us for anything they brought their own resources they brought their own people and they just gave you know and and for me i was like you know that's that's that that's what it's all about it's, it's not about the church having everything it's about the church focusing outside of what they have and and identifying people who have skills that they don't have and approaching this with a kingdom mindset not my church did this or my organization did this but the community did this you know so yeah and i i think in my journey of of learning more about giving um i also try to con- um, conduct things in my own strength. And I forget that when I pray, the Lord owns everything. <laughs> he can, he can send those resources. He can send the people, he can move the mountains. Um, yeah. And just the power of prayer. Um, Shanae, can you tell us a little bit about how you discern the moment um, how do you recommend others when they see a need or they're approached? How do you discern? Um, you've already said, you know, you pray and, and the Lord sends, but is there anything else you could help us with? No, I, I guess, again, it comes back to that, not wanting to be judgmental, but I I, I mean, um, money in today, just with, with coming back to what Vinya says, and I think this is just a general, giving money is not really a good thing, because most times, I know these kids on the street, and, you know, they they, they could buy glue, or um, where adults are concerned, and again, we don't know, but there's, I mean, alcohol, or whatever, you know, substance. Right. Um, so I think that it is important there, then, if we could do the voucher, or have sandwiches in the car, because um, I think it's always important to be able to give, but I, Melody, I, don't, I'm, I hope it's okay for me to just step into a story that um, yeah. one of my experiences that I've had with somebody knocking on the door and asking me for a turn off tuna. And <laughs> I, I, I told the guy, like, I don't have a turn off tuna for you. I went inside and I took a piece of fish that we had. Um, and I said, it was cooked. I said, I don't have tuna, but I have this. And I thought, you know, it was a lovely piece of fish. <laughs> and I gave it to the guy. And he said, but I didn't ask for it in a tuna because I can make it. I want to make it at home. And, and I then said, this is what I have for you. And he, in, he took the fish. I closed the door. He took the fish. And when my husband came home, he said, wow. today you left a piece of, like, why? There's a piece of fish in front of our gallon. <laughs> Wow. And, and so this guy had taken a very good piece of fish that I could have had for lunch that day. And sadly, <laughs> he just left it in front of my door. Um, and I've had, I've heard stories, um, and to be fair, quite a few people coming to the door asking for tins. And um, I've heard um, from my domestic, she said, on there's actually people selling tins. So now, again, we don't, I don't want to judge. But yeah. at the same time, you know, people may be selling the thin foods so that they can then feed a habit. And it's, it's a sad reality. And again, judging for me, I really don't want to be the one that we got to wonder, you know, you judge my, my people. <laughs> um, so it's, it's very hard, but I think 
giving food and if a person doesn't want food i'm going to listen and say sorry i don't have a ton of food and if you don't want this and i suppose i'd rather keep it or give it to somebody else but mm-hmm. not to have that same um occurrence with somebody actually sure. just leaving it on the street right right yeah. yeah no that's the story i will never look at a can of uh fish again <laughs> the same way <laughs> <laughs> Um, Phineas, how do you discern? How do you discern the moment and how do you recommend others learn to discern? That's a hard question, to be honest. <laughs> that's that that's a hard question. That's a that's a hard question. Um I mean for, for me, I'm a very relational person, you know, and, and I come from a journalism background. So I ask questions a lot um before I really help somebody. Because of the past experience, like my sister said, you know, some people, you give them something and then they go and sell it in exchange for something else. And, um, yeah, it may be trust issues, but um, you have to, unfortunately, you have to ask those questions about the intentions of the person. Because sometimes giving sometimes can become about us and then we take another selfie and all of that. (laughs) Yeah. but 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 we 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 have to learn to go deeper a little bit and 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 ask questions because within questions you get to really see the root of the problem and actually address the root of the problems there's a lot of times where some guys will ask me for money and forget that they asked me for money because we ended up having a conversation <laughs> what they needed is they wanted somebody to talk to and counsel them they they, they didn't need to stop they just needed to talk with somebody but right. food became became a bridge that they used to actually connect and open the conversation. Jesus did that with the woman at the well with water. <laughs> right. You know, so so it's a hard one. I think what I will say, you know, for anybody who's a Christian, you know, stay in the spirit and 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 see people the way God sees them. You know, I think that's the first and most important thing is how do you see people? Even though they smell bad, they look dirty. You know, like you know, like 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 your perception of people who are on the street will determine if you're gonna interact with that person or not. So for me, my view of homeless people has changed a lot. So the minute I see them, they they like my friends, you know, and I treat them like my friends before before like not like my enemies, but like my friends before. They don't know that they're gonna become my friend, but I know they're gonna become my friend. <laughs> so, 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 so the way I approach them, I, I, some of them I know they you know they're involved in gangsterism and they have numbers. But when I approach them, I approach them in a way that they are about to become my best friend on the planet. So, so, so when 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 your when your view of them changes, you will never really have an issue with connecting with them. That's you know, great. because I think I, I feel like a lot of times we don't connect with people on the street because of the way we see them and maybe because of past experiences that somebody had with somebody. I stopped listening to people about the encounters they had with homeless people because then everybody thinks everybody is like that, which is yeah. not true. So, so I try by all means to say, God, what, 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 do you, what do you want me to do? What would you do if I came to you? Like, how would I like somebody to treat me <laughs> yeah. in, in that moment, in that situation? And then I become that person, you know, in that moment, you know, and try not, so like my sister said, are refusing to judge, you know, you know, not assuming, you know, it's hard, you know, but, but if, if, if we just get to a place of realizing that God made everybody in their image, you know, mm-hmm. some people will take advantage of you. Some people will not, 
And if they take advantage of you, be aware that they will they will try, but have a way sure. out, out of that situation. And also let them know, because a lot of them, they like offense, you know. So so I used to be an offense, so I knew how to manipulate. <laughs> wow, yeah. So, so, so when they try to lie and manipulate, I, I let them know, hey, you don't need to perform, you don't need to do yeah. that in order to get something from me. So I kill that spirit before they even try. You know, that's so uh, good. Yeah, uh, I let them know because a lot of time they perform because that's the only way they know how to get things from people. But I let them yeah. know that hey, you're not an orphan; you're a son, and you don't need to perform to get something from God. You just need to be mm-hmm. yourself. I don't care if you're broken. Be broken, you know, but don't fake it until you can get whatever you want from me. Just be yourself. So I make sure that they feel safe around me, yeah. you know, and I become vulnerable with them as much as they are vulnerable with me. But but it's That's not so easy. Uh, it's not easy. Um, um, but I will say it's a faith thing, L- like like you said, faith journey. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to yeah. allow somebody in your space and for them to allow for them to allow you in their space. A lot of times we think about us, but just think of think about them and how they feel. I mean, it's not easy for them to ask. I mean, I have a problem with asking people for help. <laughs> Imagine them. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So I salute people like that who actually humbly enough to go and ask for help but i let them know that you know what you don't have to lie manipulate to really ask for help please ask for help um uh, but 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 your question to be honest is, is not an easy one you, you have to be in the spirit and 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 you have to ask questions you have to interact you know until you get to the root of the problem um and you would think great. you have to give them you would think you need to give them a hundred rand but all they want is a ten rand <laughs> but that will you will realize that after the conversation <laughs> or uh, or yeah or just they want someone to know their name they exactly. want someone to um notice their presence and exactly. yeah that's good thank you Phineas. colleen do you have any wisdom for us as we close um how do you discern the moment and how do you recommend others discern the moment I think it's as it's just as the other two have said. Um, one thing that I also do, which is similar to the saying um, about the, I don't have a can of, pe- of fish, but would you like a piece of fish? Yeah. Things like um, <laughs> if they ask for money for candles, and I'll say, I don't have money for candles, but I can give you a couple of candles. Yeah. And uh, usually they say, no, thank you. Another yeah. thing <clears> is to offer to go with them halfway. So yeah. a woman once came to the door saying, She's needing a job, but she needs to have police clearance and she needs 80 rand for that. Can I give her 80 rand? And I said, okay, sure, but I'll come with you to the police station and yeah. I'll be filling the form if that's all right. And yeah. so she got in the car and yeah. halfway to the police station, she said, uh, actually, no, I've got to first go and get my daughter and do this or that or that. <laughs> so she came to me that she didn't need that money for that. <laughs> so I think the thing is to trust them, to show that you trust them. Yeah. But then go halfway with them. Yeah. And um, as, as some would say, give them rope. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's so good. That's so good. And um, yeah, I just want to encourage us to remember your first words, Colleen. I wrote them down. Um, is to arm yourself with knowledge. I think knowing, knowing what's going on in our city, um, mm-hmm. knowing the unemployment rate, knowing the NGOs that are in town, um, arm yourself with some good knowledge. Uh, you also said compassion and attitude are, mm-hmm. um, are key. And I, I just want to remember that forever. <laughs> That's mm-hmm. so good. And then your discernment and asking questions, listening with 
with all that you've got. Um, yeah. And that's the way Jesus, Jesus kept asking questions. You know, sometimes in, in the gospels, I'm like, yo, this man, this man never, um, gives a straight answer, (laughs) but he always asks another question. And that's what all of you guys have said is that continue to ask questions and the truth will reveal itself. So we shouldn't be uh, scared to give. Because I I, I, I like that because a lot of times they have the answer to their problem. You know that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. A lot of times we think we know the answer to their problems, but they actually know the answer to their problem, but you can only find that answer through interaction. So a lot of times they make my job easy when I ask them questions. (laughs) They, they, They end up owning up to actually coming up with the solution. And I just look at them and I watch and I just give them the resources to solve their own problem. And it's beautiful to watch, you know, because then you don't become like this savior mentality thing of, I did this. It's more like, look at you. <laughs> Amen, yeah. empowering them. Yeah. yeah. Anything else anybody wants to... Go ahead. Yeah, I was going to ask, is there time for one quick story around how we can yes. also be tested <laughs> by... By the one who is not the Lord. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> um, go for it. I think it's around the question that you mentioned about danger and being aware of danger. And mm. there was one day when there's, a, there's also a guy who used to often come to our door. And then one night it was raining. It was absolutely pouring, drenching rain. And I looked outside my window and saw something yellow inside our fence. And I realized it was this guy's yellow raincoat. And I knew him mm. by his raincoat. It's the guy who always used to come for, for bread and stuff. And he was curled up inside of property um, between the gate and the pillar of the gate in the pouring rain. And I thought, oh, no, what do I do? Should I invite this guy in? I can't leave him out in the rain. And um, I thought, no, but I can't do anything mm-hmm. either because this guy was he's a known rapist he'd been in jail a couple of times for rape and he wow. had also murdered a man in the area and wow. i thought there's no way that i can let him in so i went to bed and then as i'm falling asleep i switched on the radio on um ccfm or something and the song by keith green was playing which says asleep in the light i don't know if you know it but it's an extremely strong song about how um, God brings people to our door and we just turn them away. There's one, there's one verse which says, he brings people to your door and you turn them away. You smile and say, God bless you, be at peace. And all heaven mm-hmm. just weeps because Jesus came to your door and you left him out in the street. Yeah. And then there's another line which, talks, which says, um, Jesus rose from the dead and you can't even get out of bed. And I felt so guilty. I could not sleep the whole night. I stayed awake thinking of this poor guy in the rain, but thinking, but I can't let him in because of the danger. Mm. And by the next morning, I was condemning myself. I was the worst sinner in the whole wide world because I left, left this poor guy out in the rain. And then I realized that the song, and I was even saying, because God put that song on the radio, it was meant that I was supposed to bring him in. But then <laughs> afterwards, I realized when I was like pouring out all of this to God, he just showed me that the song says, Jesus came to your door. Mm-hmm. And this guy, although he's made in the image of God, yeah. he, he was definitely not Jesus. 
because he was a known criminal and a known danger to women. And at that time, my mother and I were living alone in the house, two women. And also what I was feeling was guilt and condemnation. And God just showed me that he never condemns, he convicts, but it's yeah. the devil that condemns. Yeah. And so that's what brought peace to me. But I think that's just an illustration of how how difficult this whole thing is. That even when you have compassion, you must also be so wise and no. to not let the other voice um, speak to us louder than God's voice does. Yeah. That's so good. That's so Thank good. you, Colleen. Thank you, Colleen. Um, I. I I want us to just remember that uh, Phineas's words that we have to stay so close to the spirit and mm-hmm. allow the spirit's conviction, um, not, not condemnation. That's good. Yeah. Well, thank you guys for um, all this food for thought. I hope um, our listeners are um, thinking about how to have relationship, how to um, see people and open our eyes to the world around us and hopefully make a difference in Cape Town. So uh, thank you guys. And maybe we can do this again sometime. Thanks, mm. Melanie. Thanks for having me. Thank you, thank you so much. If you've enjoyed this episode, subscribe to our channel, Living Justice, wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also find more resources on our website, commongood.org.za including our Justice Journey courses, devotional content, and volunteer opportunities. Bye for now.